What is going on, Ready Eddie Podcast listeners? Josh Savo here, your host. And on today's episode, I am sitting down with the co-founder and CEO of Garage Grown Gear, Amy Tetch and Lloyd Vogel. Uh, if you guys are not already familiar with Garage Grown Gear, they have a very similar mission and drive to help startups in the outdoor space as we do. They are an e-commerce and digital magazine that is geared towards startups in the outdoor world, helping to share the stories of cool, innovative startups and helping outdoor enthusiasts really get to know all of the awesome startups that exist in the world. And with that, Amy and Lloyd, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Glad to have you guys. And so you guys are coming from two different places. Um, I wanted to start off with uh, sort of asking a quick overview of Garage Grown Gear and sort of in your own words, what would you, how would you describe Garage Grown Gear to someone who has never heard of it before? Lloyd, you want to go for it? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, well, as you said, Josh, we are all about outdoor startups and about connecting people to new products and new brands that they haven't been familiar with before. So we do that through our website, uh, which both sells and promotes products and companies, and also through our magazine and blog, which uh, tells the stories of the companies that we work with, as well as does uh, gear reviews, um, generally keeps an eye on new and upcoming products, and uh yeah, really just trying to connect people to gear that they can actively use outside. That's really awesome. So I know both of you come from a little bit of a different background with uh, how you got started and how you came together with Garage Grown Gear. Um, I want to start with Amy, but how did you come up with this idea and w- what was the first step in sort of creating what you now have with Garage Grown Gear? Yeah, absolutely. Um So for the past several years, I've been deeply involved in the world of packrafting. And for your listeners who don't know what packrafting is, it's basically these boats that typically weigh less than 10 pounds, sometimes as little as two pounds, that you can roll up, put in your backpack, hike into the backcountry, and paddle backcountry waterways. Um, so I, I kind of I got really deeply involved in that world, both doing it myself, serving on the board of the American Packrafting Association, et cetera, had a business that rented packrafts. And as I got into the world of packrafting, I started to realize just how many cool, innovative products are out there that you don't find in big box stores and how it really like takes stopping that random passerby to ask them about their equipment, combing forums, reading through blogs to really find gear from cool new companies. And so that's what really led me to start Garage Grown Gear was just wanting to create that hub where people can come and see um, what people are creating in their garages to start with and that is really then grows into something and is really that next wave of innovation in the outdoor industry. That's so cool. And I, I totally, I can, my story is very similar. <laughs> minus, <laughs> nice. minus the pack rafting. <laughs> um, but no, I think that's such a great, um, it shows how much you care and how, how 
like the thought process going from like, oh wait, like there's all of these startups out there that like nobody knows about that are never in any of the big stores or even in the mom and pop shop, a lot of mom and pop shops because they're not the safe bet. They don't know if they're going to move that inventory at the end of the season. And if they're stuck with it, then that's a big burden on them. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good, uh, interesting perspective. And now Lloyd, so like you, you had, you started, um, the big org and, um, which is similar to Garage Grown Gear. Now you guys are merging uh, together and working together. So I'd love for you to sort of share how you got your start and how that sort of came together with um, with Garage Grown Gear. Sure. Um, so my background is in education and uh, and in guiding. And so for the last couple of years, I've been working as a, as a high school special ed teacher, but I've been spending all my summers guiding either backpacking or kayaking trips uh, and one of the kind of the things that always stood out to me um, about uh, gear that was especially important or significant was I'd, I'd always think about how when we when we go into wilderness areas or if we go into the backcountry or even if you're just going on a on a camping trip for the weekend, I feel like outdoorsy people are are constantly searching for that meaning. They're searching for meaning in the places that they're going for going to. They're searching uh, for a relationship with the people that they're traveling with, or a deeper relationship with themselves. And that relationship with their gear is something that's equally as significant. And, and if you're traveling to uh, really remote, interesting, unique places, that uh, the gear that you're bringing should be representative of that experience. And to me, that's what was intriguing about looking at startups and looking at small companies and looking at cottage industry vendors. And really what was the catalyst for me to start Big Outdoors was looking at these small companies that are regional in their reach and trying to give them a larger voice and a larger community. Because, um, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that are make really fantastic products, but uh, don't necessarily uh, know how to market themselves well or show their products off in an interesting way. And uh, just need some help making those connections. So that's really what the the desire for Big Outdoors was, was to help bridge that gap between great products and a community of people that are looking for that. Um, so we did start that. I launched that up last May. Uh, and I came into contact with Amy in kind of a funny way. Um, Garage Grown Gear was doing one of their giveaways. And I was looking at it. And I had spent a, a lot of time on Garage Grown Gear's site just because uh, it, you know, similarly minded company. And I just kind of decided randomly to submit my email into uh, the giveaway. And Amy, how many entries were there in that giveaway? Uh, almost 5,000 unique entries in that giveaway. Wow. So uh, my one unique entry <laughs> uh, ended up getting me second place, uh, the second place prize in that giveaway. Um, so I I kind of even forgot that I had entered myself into it until I got an email from Amy saying, congratulations, you won. And, to uh, his personal email address. So I had <laughs> no idea who, who I was actually emailing. Yeah, yeah, point. yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, when Amy sent me the, the list of things that I had, I had one. It was a handful of the products were from companies that Big Outdoors worked with. So I got some really great emails from Hans over at Roscoe Outdoor, uh, from Austin over at Cloudline Socks, uh, asking me what uh, what size socks and what size pants I wanted, uh, and I just thought that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, then uh, we were going to meet up at at OR this past um, this past 
January at Outdoor Retailer, and uh, Amy couldn't make it down to to OR because of some bad weather, but I ended up talking to uh, another uh, another team member, and uh, it just seemed like it was going to be a good fit for Amy looking to step out of the CEO role and looking for someone to really dive into that role. And uh, I was certainly eager and 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 ready for that. And basically the next month was kind of figuring out what that was going to look like, kind of what those roles and responsibilities would be. And it's just been a really enjoyable process each each step. So that's kind of how that, that merger process happened and uh, what we've been building on since then. That's really awesome. Um, Amy, I'd love to ask you, what at what point did you realize or uh, I guess know that you wanted to bring in someone to fill um, partnership-wise and just to have as a, an SC, a CEO uh, role with Garage Grown Gear? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, there were a few motivating factors in that. One, and I would say sort of the primary one, was just that I'm like crazy passionate about marketing. And that's the part of the business uh, that I love and that really drives me and that makes me want to get up in the morning. And being the CEO means doing a lot of other things other than marketing. Um, everything from figuring out what we're, how we're going to make sure we have streamlined order fulfillment to paying bills to updating advisors, et cetera. Um, and right. so I was just really saying like, okay, I know what I'm really good at and I know what I'm really passionate about. And I know that this is where I can have the greatest impact for garage grown gear. So really wanting to say, I want to step into that role of CMO and really focus 110% of my efforts on marketing and make that the world that I live and breathe in. Um, so that was a big part is just saying, hey, where, where can I be the best fit for this company? Uh, and then another part of it is just, you know, in addition to being a startup founder, I'm also a wife and mom. I'm an endurance athlete. And at a certain point, uh, that juggling act can get a little overwhelming. And so it was also saying, okay, I need to take a breath and finding somebody with that fresh energy and fresh perspective to, to come in and keep charging. Yeah, I totally get that. I, I, I don't know how you do that. I drown just having my business and <laughs> having a girlfriend. <laughs> and a- uh, some days it's insane. Like some days I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. I can totally pull it off. And then some days it's just all goes to hell. So yeah. It just depends on the day a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, to- I totally get that. Um, so yeah. going back to the beginning of when you started Garage Grown Gear, um, you started in 2014. And when you first started, obviously this wasn't your first, your full-time gig right off the bat. Or maybe it was, I guess. You could, could you walk through... Um, sort of the process of when you first started it, you proved the concept, you started selling some product, making some money. Um, how did you get from that beginning stage to where you are now where there's four of you and you can now have you know, a partnership with Lloyd and know that he can handle a lot of the big decisions and, and responsibilities with Garage Grown? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Those first few years are so make or break for any business and 
I mean, sometimes it's just dogged tenacity to wake up another day and keep after it for <laughs> another day. Um, that's the very short answer. But uh, the longer answer is that I did do a small round of friends and family fundraising when I first started out, which allowed me to make this my full-time thing fairly off the bat, um, you know, basically just enough to help, you know, pay for the house and eat, but still... Um, enough to keep me going. I knew that as a mom, there was no like working a day job and then figuring this out at night because I have another job at night. So I had to get a little creative in that way. Um, But it started out with the online magazine to really tell the story of cool outdoor gear startups. And that was to use some uh, business lingo, my minimum viable product, really just saying, okay, are people even interested in this? Do people want to know about these cool small companies coming onto the market? Um, So started with that, got um, some pretty decent traction with that off the bat and decided to go ahead and take the next step of launching an online store. Uh, So so we launched the online magazine March 2014. October 2014, we launched our online store with uh, 20 brands. And then, yeah, it's just been uh, growing that, uh, figuring out operations, uh, really figuring out who our community is, what they want, and how we can best serve them. Because, you know, really at the end of the day, we're serving two people. We're giving outdoor gear startups a voice and a place to get word out. And then we're really serving our community of people um, and helping them connect to these cool small brands. And and it, it has to be about both of those groups of people and making sure that uh, we're creating some real value for them. I totally understand that. Um, so speaking of the, of the fact that you love marketing and marketing is one of your passions, how did you, especially with products, I know in, in the outdoor world, a lot of the um, barriers when it comes to buying product, uh, people say like, oh, I want to be able to try it, see it, touch it kind of a thing how did you overcome that with building garage grown gear because obviously a lot of the brands one of the, the value proposition is you're showcasing brands that people haven't heard of so what are, what were maybe some of the things that you guys did to help sort of bridge that gap in um getting over the hump of of introducing them to brands they haven't heard of yeah no that's a great question and and certainly something that does continue to be a big question mark in our world, even to this day. Um, Because it is hard when you're taking a risk on something you've never tried before. Um, One of the things is definitely, um, you know, the fact that we curate our online store. So in our database of companies, we have 600 companies that we've come across out there in the outdoor space. And in our, in our online store, uh, there's 40 of those 600 companies. So really, we've taken the time to go through, talk to the founders of, and owners of all these companies, test the gear ourselves, and really make sure that what we're putting on our site is just the 
cream of the crop, the best of the best, really quality gear. Um, so that's the first step we take. And then the second step is to write those gear reviews, write those profiles of small companies, really tell the story of what it is that we're offering. And then, you know, offer, uh, we have customer reviews on our site so that customers can come back and write a review of the product using social media, being very responsive to people, and really just helping people to helping people to get informed about this type of gear. Um, and then we offer a return policy too. So if something's just not the qu quite the right fit for someone, they can return it in 30 days, no problem. Well, that's really interesting. So what would you say that that's something unique about um, you guys, one of the products that you guys offer, or just your business in general, that isn't so center stage when you're on Garage Grown Gear? Well, I think one of the big things that separates Garage Grown Gear from a lot of other retailers is that we're not just selling products, we're supporting them. Um, so when you're, when you're, as Amy was saying, we know the, the companies that we're working with. Uh, we know the products that we're working with. Um, we've spent a lot of t hands-on time with them. So this curated collection are products that are used by outdoor professionals that have really uh, been tried and tested. Um, and other, other retailers uh, don't necessarily have that kind of hands-on time with product, um, meaning that, uh, you know, if you're on one of those, those bigger, bigger sites, they sell a whole bunch of stuff, um, but that's not really their, their primary focus is, is not on, on that supporting process. It's not through building up those companies. It's the main focus on that is selling. And certainly that comes with any e-commerce e company is, trying to make that sale. Uh, but it's, uh, it's primarily looking for ways that we can support the people behind the companies, the companies themselves, and ultimately find interesting ways to be able to put those products into the hands of customers. No, I think that's, that's, that's such a great point. And so many people don't really think about that, especially if they've never worked in an e-commerce sort of platform or have some sort of understanding of how it functions. I, I think that's such a great point. Um, along, along this journey for both of you guys, uh, have you had any mentors that really helped you get to where you guys are with Garage Grown Gear? Like so many. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the amount of generosity people have when you just kindly ask for an hour of their time and you buy them a cup of coffee is like truly astounding to me sometimes. I mean, like executives at Patagonia, founders of what are now very big outdoor companies um, and so many others, people who are very involved in the startup world out in Silicon Valley. Like so many of these people have just sat down have a, had a cup of coffee with me and continue to support me and make introductions to me to this for and now for us for both Lloyd and I to this day. Um, and then another uh, kind of big call out I want to give is to the startup intensive um, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is just over the hill from Teton Valley, Idaho, where I live. Uh, it's basically a 10-week entrepreneur's boot camp um, that I did back in October of 2013. And that was just 
super valuable for really helping to give me the grounding and to understand sort of the landscape of what it takes to launch a business and to also really connect me into a group of group of peers going through that same process. So that was another sort of great, great step in my startup journey. Yeah, no, that's great. What about, what about for you, Lloyd? Yeah, certainly, uh, you know, starting up Big Outdoors was a, a solo venture for, for me, but um, with a whole bunch of support from both uh, family and friends, and then a, a lot of people involved in the outdoor industry. Um, I'd say uh, most, in, in, in particular, uh, uh, Austin over at uh, Cloudline Socks was a, was a real mentor in terms of trying to really navigate uh, the landscape of what it means to be an e-commerce business. Uh, Big Outdoors was, was really um, centered around its social media presence um, in terms of developing uh, Instagram accounts, uh, Facebook accounts, Pinterest, really finding out ways to create an engaging community. And uh, I can't tell you the number of hours that, that he sat down and, and talked with me about really how to, how to go about building a community of people that are interested in what you're doing and how to just really be putting engaging in content in front of people. Um, as I said, the business uh, was not my, my primary my primary background education was. So um, a lot of this has been a, a real trial and error process. And uh, yeah, certainly Austin was a, a big, a big force in making that possible. Oh yeah. And one thing I want to just jump in on just, just in case um, any listeners are confused. Um, so when Lloyd joined forces with Garage Grown Gear, we put it all under the Garage Grown Gear name. So now it is all just Garage Grown Gear. Um, but we brought that former big outdoors community into our fold and really consider them our own tribe at this point. So it's certainly not past tense. It's still very much present tense in terms of continuing to build and engage with that community. Of course. Yeah, no, without a doubt. So along your journey with, with creating uh, Garage Grown Gear, what has been your commitment to sustainability with the manufacturers and brands that you bring on board? I know you, you mentioned the fact that you had a list of 600. You've narrowed it down to 40. Was sustainability or is sustainability worked into sort of that formula that you use to figure out who you want to work with? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a key part of what we look at. We look at several factors. We look at, is it USA made? We look at, okay, is this a real person with a real story? Um, sustainability, are they green? Are they considering our planet in some way? And then, of course, the quality of the product, too, and making sure that it's absolutely um, functional for when you're on the side of a mountain and need your equipment to hold up. Um, but that that's definitely a key piece we look at. Without a doubt. Um, so when we were offline, we were talking about the sort of organization of Garage Grown Gear, and you mentioned that you guys are a cloud-based uh, business, and that all four of you are in different places. I would love to ask sort of what that dynamic is like and how you guys uh, create a culture behind uh, Garage Grown Gear and what, what that culture is. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, being a cloud-based company, um, stepping into it, uh, it's actually been shockingly easy uh, in terms of uh, kind of stepping into that community and um, really getting to understand the culture of it. 
Uh, we have weekly meetings where we we sit down as a team and all. Uh, Attempt to at least Google Hangout if uh, Google Hangout is not <laughs> work that week. Um, and uh, yeah, so we we're touching base all the time. You know, Amy and I are uh, in calls for a couple hours every week. It seems like kind of chatting back and forth about about different aspects of of garage grown gear. Um, and uh, you know, it's always interesting kind of seeing where people are at. Uh, Brooks, who does a lot of great work for us, kind of bounces all across the country, it seems, um, and always getting updates from him and, wh- and what he's doing and where he's traveling at that particular time. Uh, it's a it's a really positive community of of people that are really engaged both through their work in the outdoors and uh, both personally through their. Uh, you know, through their hobbies and through their their other pursuits. So it's just like a really optimistic and positive community of people that are that are all there because of the desire to be able to support small businesses, but also because it's it's a fun place to work. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I kind of love having a cloud based business. Um, I mean, it allows me to live in rural Idaho and <laughs> and be pursuing my dream job. So, so there's that. But I also, I just, I, yeah, I, I'm sort of in awe that we live in this day and age where um, we can work with the best people and the people who are the exact right fit for that position and we don't have to worry about location and that process yeah i couldn't agree more for you like you saying that working in your dream job and being able to live where you live like for me i want to be able to travel and just be able to go from place to place and not be stuck based on my job and ready Eddie gives me that freedom as well so it's like oh man i couldn't imagine doing anything else (laughs) like i'm doing exactly what i want to be doing and i can go wherever i want (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. I I was very intentional about that when I first sat down in 2013 to to dream up garage grown gear um, because flexibility is just a really important factor for me. I'll work really hard. I just want the flexibility and how I do that. And so being able to say, yeah, I'm going to go here for a month and work from I don't know, I haven't done it yet, but someday I'll go to Hawaii and work for a month or wherever. (laughs) Having that flexibility is awesome. Yeah, I I, I was just trying to convince my husband this morning to move to a Spanish-speaking country for a year at some point. But that's like not that far from being something we could actually do because of the nature of the business. Exactly, exactly. And that's the exciting part is you you have no idea where you could be (laughs) tomorrow or a week from now. Totally. Yeah, that's that's great. So along this journey for, for both you guys, what would you say has been one of the hardest parts about building garage grown gear? I think the I think the most difficult part about starting any small business is just really trying to figure out how to allocate time and resources and what's really gonna get you uh, the maximum returns from where you're investing both of those things. Uh, I mean, starting a business is uh, gives you, as I'm sure you know, Josh, it's like a seemingly endless list of things that you could be doing at any particular point in time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like just this morning, I spent probably three hours on Shopify trying to like reformat uh, a page. And at the end of those hours, like nothing was resolved. I yeah. just left that frustrated. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Uh, that was like one of those things where, like, okay, yeah, that is like wasted a morning. That's all right. <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out. But, you know, there's other things of, of knowing, like, 
you know, you design a business so that it can be scalable. But when you scale certain parts of a business is pretty crucial. So knowing when to move towards uh, automation, knowing when to start, you know, really paying for marketing, um, knowing uh, when to make investments and knowing where to be able to make them. Uh, those are difficult things, especially when you're starting up a business that has limited amounts of uh, finances and uh, limited amounts of time. Um, and so, you know, building garage grown gear uh, and, and, moving forward is, is really a lot about just trying to figure out how to use time and your resources in a, in an effective way. That's going to yield the best results. I, I couldn't agree with that more. I think that's probably my biggest challenge. Our biggest with my, with my two partners, our biggest challenge in trying to figure out, okay, what's the priority? <laughs> what do we have to get done? And then, like you said, like a little thing breaks and you spend three hours on it and you're like, crap, it didn't even resolve it. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> On to the next thing, <laughs> like, even though that's not resolved. <laughs> totally. And even, and I mean, like, yeah, like you, Josh, I couldn't have said it any better than Lloyd as well. And I even going that next step of all these small companies that we work with on a daily basis, I think they're in the exact same boat, too, of, like, making it happen on so little and just like the hustle and the passion for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll be sending emails at 2 a.m. And like brands will be like, why Why are you emailing me? At, like, what are you, why are you up right now? I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> couldn't sleep. email time. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't sleep if I didn't finish this one thing. So I finished it and it happened to be 2 in the morning when I did it. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. What would you say... The- Go go on. Oh, I was going to say, and maybe this is a question you'll ask later, but um, another thing that proved hard for me in the beginning was how much I underestimated the amount of time and resources I needed to put into marketing to really get word out about it. Um, And that it it does really take like a consistent, focused marketing effort to really get traction with a business and that was hard for me in the beginning oh i couldn't agree more marketing is is a challenging it's a co- very complex and it's a lot of it is psychology and understanding who your your demographic is and understanding how to build trust with that community and obviously it has to be legitimate trust like you're not just trying to get the trust so you can scam them over with some kind of product you have to be genuine in what you're doing and, it, and like you're saying it takes time to really cultivate and build that um, that was a big lesson for us. Like I thought it would be like quick. Like being a millennial, everyone like rags on us for being like, "You want things now?" And like, and I, I do, but and I understand that like that doesn't happen. Or <laughs> at least the longer I'm in building this business, I realize that things take time. <laughs> totally, it is. It is. It's a as I'm a, as I'm fond of saying, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Oh, yeah. But it's so easy to be like, why didn't it get this many likes and, you know, and start spiraling and really you have to see the big picture and, um, and the long game for, for that market, those marketing efforts. Um, but your point on it being psychology, I think that's what I love about marketing is just really, um, that human element of understanding people, understanding their needs and wants and understanding how you connect with them in a meaningful way is just like so endlessly fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. 
Um, yeah, on, on our uh, goal setting sheet that we have that we look at uh, each week, uh, we know we have um, uh, sales goals, but we also have traffic goals. And under our traffic goal, I wrote ironically, uh, if you build it, they will come. And I think that that is like the biggest fallacy in small business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you build doesn't mean that anyone is going to look at it. <laughs> I immediately called Lloyd out on that yeah. when he wrote it in. I was like, that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think every digital entrepreneur falls for that when they first start. Because like, oh, I've got the best product. It's going to be great. They build their website. They're super excited about it. And then they have one daily visitor and it's their mother. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or some bot that's trolling. And then you have to like pick yourself up and really ask, okay, so what is this really? gonna take and that's when it gets interesting yeah it really does i wish they taught this stuff in school but unfortunately they don't (laughs) totally so along this journey what would you say for each of you has been or is your biggest fear in regards to garage going gear Hmm. that's a good question um well, I think uh, similar, I imagine, to most businesses is just continuing to be able to scale the business and continue to be able to grow and add companies and products that are uh, meaningful and relevant to our community um, while being able to maintain the relationships with the companies that we have. I mean, the kind of weird thing about supporting startups and small companies is that ideally, if we do our job super well, our companies will no longer be startups or small companies. Um, so it's a kind of a, a weird balance of we want to be able to support these small companies and have them, uh, you know, really accomplish great things and move their products and connect them with new communities and then just continue to be able to uh, support up and coming companies as well and finding like a good balance between uh, between that. Um and really finding a, a flow of companies that we really enjoy working with and will continue to enjoy working with for a, on, a, on a long-term basis. And I guess that's not really too much of a concern. It's not like a fear. I'd say just more of something that's constantly on the, on the back of your mind is that when you are looking for startups constantly is, is trying to find that, that new and upcoming product and it's something that's, that's always on the back of your mind. Not a fear, but definitely a concern. Yeah. Definitely. I, I totally agree and feel the same way <laughs> with Ready Yeti. Yeah. yeah. So many parallels, right? Yeah. 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 I feel like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I am you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've hit, I've been at this for three years now and have hit so many walls and fallen so hard so many times in that process that I actually have to say that most of those fears that I that definitely dominated my thinking, especially at the beginning, like, will we fail? Will we live to see another day? I've, like, actually been able to let go a lot of that at this point. Because um, once you fall enough, you're like, okay, wait, I did get back up. I did keep going. So um, I would say that that, but some of that is not as looming in my mind as it once was. Um, what I, one of the things I do think about is that, you know, as we've mentioned several times, scaling is going to be absolutely key to really having a viable business moving forward. Um, 
And how do we do that while keeping like the heart and soul of garage grown gear that makes it so great? Like, it's just, our team is awesome. Everyone's just passionate. We love being around each other. And how do you keep that as part of the company culture, even as you grow? Yeah, I totally get that. It's uh, never ending. (laughs) (laughs) The struggles of running a business, but it's so rewarding at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, And and like you said, like you're building something that you totally believe in. So, like like five years from now, looking back at all the things you'll you you'll accomplish, it it, it'll be such a great feeling, and so worth the stress. (laughs) Yeah, and it already. I mean, it already is. Of course. Yeah. This this journey is twisting and winding and upside down as it often feels it's like I wouldn't have it any other way this journey has been amazing yeah so yeah it, it, it's like kind of like a always requires a certain level of of, uh, of faith or belief that the journey that you're on is going to lead you somewhere I mean if I'm if I'm looking back a a year and a half uh a year and a half ago I had like finished grad school a year before that and had uh been teaching at my high school for for uh, about a year and had no real thoughts of entering into any kind of business at that point. And uh, then a year and a half later, uh, you know, at, at this point, um, being with Garage Grown Gear, which is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, but the idea that everything is building onto something. And if you, I think if you don't have a certain level of belief in that as a, as a small business, then you're, you're kind of you're kind of doomed a little bit. Um, uh, or at least you're just going to be pessimistic and frustrated a bunch. Um, <laughs> yes, so. that is true. It's it's an emotional roller coaster <laughs> running a business. Yeah. So, what would you? What advice would you guys give to someone that wanted to start a business in the outdoor store sport world or just in general? Mm, that's a great question. Lloyd, do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, certainly to to start small um, and to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're doing a good job at it. Um, I think there is a desire. I think, uh, especially from uh, millennials like ourselves, um, to really try to like take on everything and just do everything and and be the best at everything because that's uh, you know, what, how we've been, uh, kind of conditioned to do things, um, is that, uh, you got to do everything at once. You gotta, you gotta go at a hundred miles an hour. Um, and I don't, I think that that's true that you, you definitely have to dedicate a hundred percent of yourself to what you're doing, but you got to make sure that your scope is reasonable. Um, if you're going to launch a new product, make sure that whatever that keystone product that you're launching is, is a hundred percent its best before it hits the market. Uh, make sure that that product really has a market for it. Make sure that that product uh, is really made out of the best materials, that that's something that you're willing to put your name behind, that you're willing to put your brand behind uh, before you're thinking about moving on to different products, uh, before you're thinking about how you're going to expand. Um, you know, Taking on uh, a single social media venue and, and making that your own, uh, building that in creative and interesting ways really thinking about um, how you're, you're differentiating yourself from, from what else is already out there uh, and making sure that you're, you're growing at a pace that, that you can really deal with and not, not overextending yourself. Um, because as 
we talked about, there are a million things that you could do with a small business. Uh, and I think starting slow and making sure that you're doing the things that you're choosing well before you start expanding to other things is pretty crucial. I think that's such great advice. Totally, Lloyd. Yeah, I really agree with that. Yeah, and earlier mentioned um, how easy it is to underestimate marketing, and that's absolutely true. Um, but my advice to people is not to then go out and try and be the best at four different social media channels and newsletters and podcasts and blogs <laughs> and try and do it all. <laughs> um, be on LinkedIn, try and do it all. My advice to people is to pick one or two and to knock it out of the park with those one or two channels and pick the channels where your customers are, where your tar target customers are, and be really, really good at those one or two marketing channels. And then in the beginning, just don't even worry about the rest. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that. We actually suffered from that when we first started. We, um, when we first started, we were doing articles, interviews, and uh, we were doing articles, we were doing gear reviews, and um, like full-on write-ups about the businesses, and um, like very complicated, not complicated, but labor-intensive, and, uh, and the podcast. And then we realized, wait a minute, we're killing ourselves trying to do all these things. A team of, of three people trying to bust out all this content when we're doing a new brand a week. It was it was insane. So we're just like, let's take a step back. Let's ask our audience which one do they like the most, and let's start with that one and make it really good. <laughs> and that's how we landed on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard because it's so you know all of the the social media networks and and how you really connect to customers and to your community is so intertwined. I mean, you start up a Facebook and suddenly you're posting other people's stuff, and then you're like, wait, we should be posting our own stuff. So you start up a blog, and. Uh, then you're thinking to yourself, well, how can I get more people to read this blog? So you're jumping onto Pinterest and posting it on there, and yeah. suddenly you're having to develop a Pinterest account. And then you're linking your Facebook up to your Twitter, and suddenly you've got to handle a, a, a Twitter account. And uh, suddenly, yeah, you find yourself doing about 10 different things that you're doing a mediocre job at all of them uh, and really having to hone that back until you've got the time to really use each one of those platforms in an intentional way. And I think that's an important thing, too, is, is trying to think about uh, why are you using Instagram? Why are you using a blog? Like, what is the purpose of that medium? What does it do to advance what you're trying to do? Can you do that in a simpler way? Um, can you uh, utilize your resources better so that, uh, you know, yeah, like Instagram, all you're going to do is, you know, post some pretty pictures for that. Great. Still community forming. If you're going to spend all your time on Twitter, great. How are you going to use Twitter in a, in a new and different way? How are you really going to get the most out of that? Um, while kind of maintaining those rest of those marketing venues. Yeah. That was actually one of the really interesting things about the merger with Big Outdoors is that myself at Garage Grown Gear and Lloyd at Big Outdoors had focused on entirely different cha marketing channels, um, which in the end worked really beautifully when we combined because we were able to bring our different marketing channels together um, and just create that much stronger of an experience for our customers. But where I had really focused on our blog or as we call it, our online magazine and really 
um, going after Google organic traffic. Um, really, Facebook and newsletters are also really powerful for us. Lloyd had really focused a lot more of his efforts on social media, Instagram, and Pinterest, and a very strong ambassador program. Um, I had done guest posting and affiliate links. So it was interesting um, how we had each taken very different approaches and um, we're still very effective in building communities, um, but it was just really picking channels that worked for each of us in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. So where do you see Garage Grown Gear, gear going in the next year, five years, 10 years down the road? Sure, I could take that one, Amy. Yeah, I have thoughts, but you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, we are really hoping to expand uh, the products that we're offering, the companies we work with, and uh, really um, becoming that place where companies come uh, to feature their products after after they've launched, after they've launched a Kickstarter and are looking for a retail space to be able to showcase uh, to showcase their products. Um, you know, one of the things about being a curated collection is that. Uh, our companies are are big fishes on our sites. They're not buried uh, really far um, with a whole bunch of other huge companies, uh, you know, like they would be on some of the other larger retail spaces. They are front and center, um, and that we offer, and that's a unique thing that that we feature when you come on to Garage Grown Gear. It's a pretty personal experience with our brands, and we hope to just really be that spot where you launch Kickstarter, and then you've got uh, you've got those startup brands right there on Garage Grown Gear for for you to be able to to look through and and learn about and uh, and really uh, add to uh, your gear repertoire to really diversify and uh, bring into interesting places, and then to really just scale and grow. I mean, we're a we're a four person operation right now, but there's a lot of room for us to be able to continue to build into that re retail space and just to continue to be able to grow our community of followers both. Through our social media, through our um, through our newsletters, and really just increase that that sphere of people that are passionate about small businesses, passionate about uh, what we're doing, and um, passionate about uh, good companies making good gear. Yeah, Lloyd and I are clearly very aligned in our vision because that's exactly what I was thinking as well. Um, and if I were to just say it very succinctly, I would say it um, a platform that launches outdoor gear products and companies really being that next step after Kickstarter for cool new brands. Well, without a doubt, I'm definitely excited to see what you guys do in the future. Um, what would you guys say for, for each of you is the best part about having your own business and being able to work in a remote place like you guys do um, with Garage Grown Gear? Yeah, I think I said it earlier. It's uh, being able to live in the Teton Mountains in a small town of 2000 and do my dream job. Um, and the other, and so I said that, and then the other thing is just the creativity that goes into a business. It's sometimes very frustrating that there's no rules, but it also <laughs> means that there's no rules. And so you can have ideas and run with them and be super creative in your approach. And I love that side of a business too. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, um, at Outdoor Retailer last year, there was this forum I was at where they were talking about how 
the 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 big companies in the outdoor industry are essentially the whales and the small startups are the sharks meaning that we can pivot really quickly uh in directions uh and react really quickly to changes that are happening and that's a really exciting thing about running a small business is that you can be really you can react to what you're noticing you can make quick changes um and you don't have to go through a whole bunch of bureaucracy or through a bunch of red tape you can uh and that and that means that you can really be effective in terms of how you're marketing and how you're reaching people. Um, I think another really uh, great part about Garage Grown Gear is being a part of companies' growth. Uh, it is awesome um, knowing that you're helping companies get to places where they are reaching more customers and really growing as a business. And uh, having a active voice in that gives me a, a really powerful feeling of being a part of the outdoor industry and a really unique way of contributing to an industry that I care really, um, that I care a lot about. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a wonderful group of people that, that we work with and, um, being able to support them feels personally and professionally great. Yeah. And just to piggyback on that, in addition to being part of small companies growth, which is absolutely fulfilling, being able to hook people up with just like super cool, high, like high functioning, innovative outdoor gear is awesome. Um, I'm all about getting people outside. That's like my big vision in life, inspire people to get outside. And when you get that cool new piece of gear, you immediately go outside to use it. And so really being able to, to follow through on that bigger mission that really drives me in life. I think that's great. I think having something like that makes it a lot easier to wake up in the morning and keep pushing it with, with, uh, with your own business. Um, but with that, I want to thank you guys for uh, taking the time to chat with me and share your, your story about Garage Grown Gear. But for, for the listener who maybe wants to learn a little bit more about you guys or keep tabs on what you're doing, what's the best way for them to do that? You can visit our website at www.garagegrowngear.com. Um, you can also pop on to our Instagram at Garage Grown Gear and follow us there. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you want to know about upcoming sales, uh, new products that are added to the site or, uh, keep track of our online magazine, um, subscribe to our newsletter. It's a great way of staying in touch with us. Yeah, without a doubt. With that guys, I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Uh, it's always nice chatting with other founders and businesses that uh, really align with what we're trying to do. And it's, it's, it's inspiring because we know it's not just us who have this idea of helping startups <laughs> in the outdoor world. Um, and I think coming together and helping each other is a, a really good way to um, make that more of a reality in the future with the outdoor world and just um, trying to impact it in the best way that we possibly can. So uh, uh, thanks, guys, for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much, Josh. Really appreciate the opportunity and you inviting us onto the show. That That's awesome, and we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.